Wonderful. So my name is Alexandria Gresta. And, you know, I really believe in creating a world where people find meaning in their work and they're fulfilled. So an outgrowth of that belief, I co-founded a company called Purpose Pioneers, where we help forward thinking leaders infuse purpose into how they do business to become a purpose driven organization. your cultural competence, listen to interesting stories, learn about the cultural fails and how to avoid them, get the global perspective here at Culture Matters on International Business. Your host, Chris Smith, has a plan, a plan for people who are looking for a solution. He makes you understand cultural diversity better by interviewing real people with real experiences. Every episode, he interviews a prominent guest who will tell you his or her story and share international experiences, making you more cultural competent. And now, here's your host, Chris Smith. My name is Chris Smith, and you're listening to the Culture Matters Podcast. Good morning, good evening, and or good uh, afternoon, of course. This is episode number 100. One zero zero. I'm very excited about that. And if you haven't subscribed to the previous 100 episodes of or 99 episodes of this podcast, this is the best way to do that right now before you start listening any further. All right. As a guest on the number 100 post podcast, we have Alexandria or Alex Agresta. Alexandria believes in creating purposeful communities where people feel a sense of belonging and are empowered to create real human connection. Alexandria's why led her to become an advocate for incorporating the human element back into modern business practices. Her leadership and teachings on these principles has earned her recognition by top leaders within Central Florida and now she's expanding to the West Coast. She's the co-founder of Purpose Pioneers, a purpose-first company that empowers forward-thinking organizations and systemize their purpose to create a magnetic culture where employees love their job and customers champion the brand. There is so much enthusiasm in this podcast. It is, it's oozing out of every ear. If you're um, uh, or into every ear, if you're listening to this, if you want to watch the um, the YouTube, the, the video cast, you can go to culturematters.com/slash/youtube. Let's get to the very exciting Alex Agresta. It's time for this week's guest at Culture Matters. That is a mouthful, just like that. You know, yeah, we're we're, we're going to we're going to dissect that. Uh, okay. Because, is that is that your mission statement? That's my belief statement, okay. and then that is my purpose statement, okay, which are cool. actually two separate things that okay. I, I like to use together. Purpose statement, I'm writing this down, purpose statement yeah. and mission statement. It's purpose statement and I believe statement. Oh, I believe, that's it. Yeah. All right. Now, first, before we head into that, I'm going to say good morning or good afternoon. Good morning. It's 9.43 a.m. where I'm at. <laughs> 9.43. All right. Okay. Now, um, um, we'd like to know a little bit more about yourself before we get into the business of what you do and, and why you're actually on this podcast. So tell us a little bit about uh, who you are, uh, where you are right now, and what would you consider um, as what I would call your, your uh, cultural frame of reference? Cultural frame of reference. What do you mean? Like culture. what I focus on in culture? Uh, what you focus on in culture, what your experience is in terms of business or working with different cultures uh, in terms of international okay. or different companies. Uh, also yeah. where you are. And tell okay. us a little bit about yourself. Who are you? Okay. Awesome. Great question. Uh -huh. So 
like I said, my name is Alexandria Agresti. You can call me Alex. All right. I originally was born in South Jersey, um, up on the East Coast of mm-hmm. the United States. Went to college in Orlando, Florida. So mm-hmm. I've been an East Coast girl my whole life. Um, I think early on, like really what makes, you know, makes Alex up, what's my DNA? It's, it's I've always been bold and driven and passionate. So mm-hmm. I dove right into entrepreneurship when I was 20 years old. I said, you know, screw doing things the traditional way. I want to build my own ladder and I want to build my own dream. So I, I was really fortunate to have support from everyone in my life at uh-huh. that time. And That's I still cool. have that support. That's nice. Um, and then, uh, so I founded two companies uh-huh. um, since I was in college and my current one is Purpose Pioneers. And then uh, I decided to move out West. I'm, I'm ready to explore the rest of the United States. So I am in Denver, Colorado right now. And just some fun things I, I, about me. I love going to music festivals. I love getting that dose of, of community and great music. And I'm vegan. All right. So I'm all about the plant life. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Okay. Hashtag vegan is in there as well. No. No, not at all. All right. So um, you said you said when you were 20, you said, I'm going to climb my own ladder. I mean, what made you do that? What made, you know, you're in Denver, Colorado. You mentioned that. So what made you do that in terms of, I mean, you look at the world. I'm looking outside the window here and I'm looking at the world and I wonder like, how you, how do you do that? How do you decide? No, I'm not going to play this game. I'm going to play my own game. That's a great question. So I think it's comprised of two things. I come, I was born into a family of entrepreneurs. Okay, so I yeah. think from a young age, it's it's really just what I saw. They were always creating, they were independent, they were doing new and exciting things. So that was just ingrained in me. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did go off to college, which is, you know, sort of the traditional thing, because that's, I was like, I guess I'm going to do this. I guess that's what yeah. everybody else is doing. But you know, I moved 40 or I'm sorry, a thousand miles away from my home and my family. Yeah. And it was, it was the opportunity of a lifetime for me to come into my own and uh, gain even, I've always been independent, but gain more independence and really get clarity around what I wanted to do. And the second piece, I had a yeah. few jobs that I really hated. I had right. a administrative, administrative assistant job. I was serving, um, had just, uh, I was a party planner. I had odds and ends jobs and I think it was there that I realized like I why I have so much to give and so much value to give to this world. I want to create my own. It, it was and they just once again they didn't create the culture that allowed me to grow sure. and uh-huh. be fulfilled and I realized that super super early in life and here I am just creating and and being the change that I want to see in the world. So at, as a, as a younger person um you moved started moving west. Now you ended up in or so far you're in D- Denver, Colorado. Have you ever yeah. ever had a feeling like what am I doing here? You know, why did I just not follow the mainstream, the main thing? No, never. Um, I look at it opposite. I look at people following mainstream and I'm like, what are you doing? (laughs) Do what you want. I'm a big, you know, part of what I speak about is preaching, especially to my generation, millennials, do what you want. It's life is too short to get caught up in the mainstream, go against the stream, do, do what makes you fulfilled and happy. So every move in my life has been intentional and, I've always been an explorer, so when I look at when I'm looking back and putting together all the pieces of my puzzle, I'm like, man, this is furthering my purpose and my dream. So I'm That's pretty cool. damn happy. That, I'm, I'm, trying to re- I'm, I'm trying to relate to that because I'm a couple of years older than you are. I've got kids. Um, my son, my oldest son, is 25. Uh, I have okay. one son. He is also my oldest son. He's 25. And when I when I look at you and when I look at him, it's 
I, I look at him and he studied, he did some sort of, uh, aviation related course. It wasn't, it wasn't at a particular level. Now he's going to soon this year, uh, and we're talking, um, 2018, April 2018 when we're recording this. Soon he'll, he's going to graduate, um, and gra- graduate archaeology, a bachelor in archaeology. I said, what do you want to do with this? He said, I don't know. I'll probably go back to aviation. <sighs> How, how do you, this, we're talking about, about the cult, the generational cultures as well. There's, there's, there, there are different layers and levels of, of culture. How, what do you, what do you say to people your age, millennials, my kids, uh, if they, that they don't know what they want? How do you, how do you do that? How do you know what you want? How do you instill that into other people, younger, your, your millennial, uh, generation? Yeah. That's a great question, and I, I speak at a lot of uh, colleges, mm-hmm. college conferences, or and my old uh, alma mater or my alma mater, UCF. Yeah. Um, and I think it starts with one. It starts with the fear. I think something that I learned from one of my mentors all about self awareness, and I had to really understand what was holding me back. Yeah. So I think it's it's first it's the self awareness around what, you know, what decisions I'm making, why am I doing this? What's going on? And what stems from that is the empowerment piece. So millennials, like my generation, they're awesome. I just, they're not reaching their highest potential because they don't have the, the empowerment piece, which is the action, the the support, the encouragement, the guidance, the mental models to be able to bring this to life. In general, they don't have that. That's what you're saying. Yeah. Um, well they don't, I'm saying they don't know where to go find it or they don't have access right. to it. Right. So, and they, and they're, they're fear-based. So they're holding themselves back from going and finding it. So something that, you know, stuck me out from the crowd of my peers is I always, you know, went and got what I wanted. My dad taught me that he said, whatever you want, go out and get it. I was like, all right. So I realized where I was lacking in my um, skills mm-hmm. or, you know, my emotional intelligence, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And I went out and I found it. I joined like-minded communities. I started surrounding myself in more, you know, older groups so I can gain that wisdom from people who are twice my age. Like right. I love hanging out with baby boomers. Like some of my greatest friends are 65 and up. Like uh-huh. who, who hears a millennial saying that, right? Like I don't see this, the, the gaps and the, the, the generation gaps, all that. I don't, I choose not to see that because at the core, we can learn so much from each other. And I think that's a key thing missing for millennials. They're just so in their bubble yeah. and they don't realize that, ah, oh, like the world has so much to give. And especially older generations have so much to give. They want to give. They're ready. They're like, I want to be a mentor. I want to help you. I want to guide you. I want to give you all the tools that you need. So it's just going out there and getting it. So that's the advice I would give to your son. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got. It. I, I have another. I have a daughter as well, and a younger daughter who is currently Perfect. going through all the episode of, of Friends, like I told you prior to yes. <laughs> um, prior to this recording. Um, so you were surrounded. At least you were. You were not pushed, but motivated to. You know, and, or stimulated to do. If, if you want something, go out and get it. It's yeah. right there. It's right there for you. Um, have people at this stage in your career and in your life ever asked you, you know, Alex, what do you want to be when you grow up? When are you going to get serious? Is, is that, does, do people, which for me would, they're trying to hold you back. They're trying to like stop you, like, like grow up, be normal or not. I've never experienced that ever. No. I've always been the, the free spirit and the, and the traveler in my friend group and my uh, family. And uh-huh. They're excited to see what I'm about to build next. So I have, okay. I've never, and I'm, and I'm fortunate for that. Some people, you know, experience that, that backlash from their family and friends. Like, why don't you just do what everybody else is doing? Exactly. And yeah. I'm so lucky. Like I, I always talk about how lucky I am that I never experienced that. And, and I, you know, 
my, my friends and family love what I'm doing and they support it and they talk about right, it. And at, from the evolution of my comp from one company to the next, they're still supporting it. They just go to the next one. So yeah, I've been my, my support and encouragement for my immediate family and friends has definitely been an integral piece to how I think and, and that belief in myself. Right. Okay. Um, are you then, cause I want to get back to that, to that, what you just said, uh, yeah. about, about the environment, the parents and, and, and environment who are so much conducive to, you know, the outcome of their kids, I guess. Are you then, um, because you say these kids, your, your, your generational millennials live so much in their bubble. Does that mean totally. you're, less, you're less on Instagram? You're less on WhatsApp? You're less on all this, all this social media? Cra- I was going to say crap, but it's a weird. <laughs> We're a clean show. I didn't say that. So good question. It's not that I'm less on all the, I'm not less in the bubble. Yeah. I just realized there's more beyond the bubble. So when I am on social media and when I am doing things that other millennials doing are doing, it's with intention. Mm. So what I'm noticing is, you know, people who are my age, they're just mindlessly scrolling and I'm just doing this because this is, this is the thing to do. Whereas I'm on the other side saying I'm on Instagram getting potential clients. I'm right. doing Facebook live videos to spread my message and put my truth out there. So it, it, the difference is intention and direction. Okay. Yeah. That makes, that makes, uh, that makes good sense for me as well. And, and do you ever read a book? You know, this, 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 which that's, it's a stack of faxes. It's paper stuff. You know, yeah, <laughs> I read books. <laughs> you read books as well. Okay. That's, that's good. Yeah. 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 I, I actually used to read a lot when I was younger. Uh-huh. Um, I definitely st- took a step back, but now that I am an entrepreneur, I've been, mm. I have, 40 books on my windowsill that I'm actually going to start my own book club with my friends so we can talk, talk about the concepts that we've learned. Yeah. Are we talking, are we talking books or eBooks? I like real books. Real books. I like tangible feel of a book. I don't like audio books. Are you an old soul as they say, Alex? I think I am. (laughs) I mean, I mean, I mean in a a very positive sense, right? I mean, that doesn't make you an old person or an old mind. No, I get what you're saying. I, you know, it's funny. Um, I had a meeting with a, a really incredible woman about two weeks ago uh-huh. and she looked at me, she's really big in energy and spirituality. She looked at me and she's like, you're really old. And what I mean is by your soul, she's like, you, you're a couple hundred years old. I was like, that's a, thank you. That's a great well, compliment. Okay. That, that's how I meant it. At least. That's, that's how oh, I of meant course. It. I, I totally took it that way. I'm okay, big cool. on energy and souls. So I, I love talking about that stuff. It's great. Right. Excellent. Before we yeah. move on to Purpose and Pioneers uh, or Purpose Pioneers, what you, one of the yeah. companies that you're currently running uh, with your associate as well. Um, I want to get one, uh, one more bit of advice or your insight or your opinion, at least you've been, you had your environment, your parents, the environment that you grew up in was very conducive into the, in, into how you are at this moment in your life and career, how you look at the world, uh, how you think about yourself, the inner awareness, et cetera, et cetera. What, how, what if you're not in that environment? What if you, if both your parents, you know, is both, both your parents smoke? One has a drinking mm. problem. The mom is just cleaning houses. Uh, how do you get out of that? I know. I, I think about this a lot because I want what I had, you know, growing up for mm-hmm. people that don't have it. So I've been thinking a lot about this and I haven't quite pinpoint pinpointed, you know, what I really think is the best way to get out of it. Uh, you know, we hear so many stories of people in the slums and they're poor and yeah. they've risen above. Sure. So I think it's, I think it's, they had to instill their own belief in themselves. It's, it's like one, it's like the coin. It goes one way or the other. They're either like, this is my reality and that's it. Or some people are just like, no, I can get out of this. And I don't know where they got that belief from. Maybe a book, maybe something they saw. 
it, it only takes one smile or one engagement that can change someone's life. So my best guess is those people, they had that one interaction that they chose to look at it for what it was worth and get out of their situation. And it changes your belief system. And, and hence, you're, oh, you're totally. talking towards what Tony Robbins has been talking about for the last hundred years in terms of, you yeah. know, the situation is the situation. What do you pull out of that? Do you pull out of that misery, I'm going to be the same? Or do you actually look at a situation like that and say, well, this never for me. So, exactly. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah go ahead. Really quick. I, I heard a... Um, really good example you brought up like you know what if what if one of my parents was an alcoholic and i saw this really great article and it was or some sort of visual online and it was you know a a, a guy was born with an alcoholic father mm -hmm. and there were two you know one or there were brothers one brother was like oh you know my dad's an alcoholic so i'm going to be an alcoholic and, right. and i'm going to be horrible to my kids and then the other brother said no i don't want this for my kids and he went on to raise you know be a great dad and raise a great family so yeah. that's just the power of choice humans have the power of choice and they don't have to be the victim of their own environment which i think is a beautiful thing yeah 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 i mean we could talk about this forever and ever i guess oh i know i know i just wanted last nugget <laughs> yeah it's true i mean you can talk the story about the frog you know the two frogs that jump into this uh, in what is it this uh, this cream or something the milk or cream and one says okay i'm going to drown anyways so he doesn't do anything yeah. and the other one starts swimming and paddling and paddling and paddling and, and it turns into butter the cream turns into butter and he climbs out it's stories, Choice. plenty of stories. Yeah. Okay, um, let's move on. If uh, if you're okay with that, purpose pioneers. Absolutely. Yes. When did that? How did that see the the light of day? And what does it stand for? It's, tell us a little bit more about that, please. Yeah. So I, I'd love to just quickly tell you the backstory. I think purpose pioneers is an outgrowth of myself and my business partners' journeys. We both had individual companies, mm -hmm. and. They were, but our individual companies, they were built on such really deep beliefs of how do we connect people in a meaningful way? How do we create fulfillment? How do we be the change we want to see? So we always say, like my business partner and I, we always say our previous companies where it led us to purpose pioneers. Mm -hmm. We took everything that we learned and we took those purposes and we infused them together and we created purpose pioneers. Okay. And how that, how that came to be was we always we're just having these really incredibly deep conversations around how can we be fulfilled by our work and how can we find meaning yeah. because we experienced, we both had jobs that were just so bad and the culture mm -hmm. speaking, the culture was so yeah. poor. Yes. All they cared about was profit and humans don't just want to be dollar signs. They don't just want to sit there and make money like machines. We're not uh -huh. machines. We're human beings with hearts and souls and brains. So we, we experienced that really low. And with this entrepreneurial background and, you know, belief that capitalism can be used as a force for good, mm -hmm. we joined forces and we said, we want to create a world where people find meaning in their work and they are freaking fulfilled. Mm -hmm. So that is our core belief and that is who we are. And, you know, what we do, we help forward thinking organizations uncover and infuse their purpose into how they do business. Okay. And yeah, go yeah. on. No, oh, because that, that is a question that I did write down. I did write down you because you do mention that in uh, one of your bios that I found online. You, you talk about forward-thinking organizations. Yeah. What is that? You have a backward-thinking organization as well. Can you give us example? <laughs> I mean, if it's forward, it must be backward as well. Um, so and, and send, so give us a couple of examples if and or maybe without mentioning names, that's up to you really. Uh, or maybe experiences or stories with with either side. Yeah, exactly. I love it. And that, that gives a great opportunity to me to define what forward thinking means to yes. us. So, you know, you work in culture for a, a many years, and yeah. I'm sure you've experienced leaders that are resistant to change. Absolutely. So how we define forward thinking is mm -hmm. open to change, open to growth. 
willing to embrace new perspectives, willing to be the person that they want to become to really take their company where they want it to go. So forward thinking encompasses all those things. We do not work with leaders that are resistant to change. We, you know, the ones that are like, oh, yeah, we'll focus on that later. Or That's not important because we know we can add so much value to the ones who are ready mm -hmm. and willing mm -hmm. and say, yes, I want to do this. I, mm -hmm. I see the value in this. Let's do it. So that's that's probably the, the larger definition of what forward thinking means to us. Yes. Okay, yeah. and and then so every and everything, a company that's not open for growth. Which company is not open for growth? Um, and <clears throat> yeah, I would say I don't. So I don't want to say companies are not open for growth, but mm -hmm. specifically in the organizational development, leadership development, ready to invest in their people. I'll give some examples. Really big yeah. financial firms. Bank of America, Wells Fargo, really big law firms. Yeah. They're probably notoriously known for not really emphasizing on their people first. They're more profit focused. Yeah. Bill, um, bill something, hours. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So those are companies or, you know, industries that I would say are not forward thinking in terms of my definition. Okay. But and those are the companies that need, you know, this stuff the most. But once again, we only want to work with leaders that are ready. And, and willing to embrace growth and change for okay. their own you know, betterment. Let me be devil's advocate here because I'm sure you're going to blow me away with your enthusiasm uh, on, this, <laughs> on, this, uh, on this topic. So open for growth. I'm open for growth. And then you ask me, uh, Alexandria, are you resistant to change? And then I say, of course I'm not resistant. I'm so flexible. I'm as flexible as anyone, you know, and I love my people. Are you going to believe my blue eyes? I mean, well, isn't, it isn't a lot of a lot of window dressing as well, or lip service? No, um, I'd say I can see right through a leader if they're lying, and I don't think this is some you know what we provide. Mm -hmm. It's not really something to lie about. You either are, you either see it and you're like, "Yep, I want that," or it's kind of like, "No, I'm not ready for that," or that's a you know, meh, not really my thing. And people say um, that to you. What? That's not my thing. Yeah. Or I'm ready. Um. Isn't it social desirable to just actually say, you know, I'm not resistant to change. I'm as flexible as anything. I don't think so. In the workshops we've had, okay, people well. are very vulnerable and open. And a lot of people said, I don't, I don't like change. <laughs> I don't like change at all. They don't like, so, but they're willing to consider it for a better willing option. Willing to or consider it, yeah. I, just to answer your question better, I think, you know, we've really built out a strong archetype and we can spot the leaders that are going to be open to this on mm -hmm. a grander scale mm -hmm. like this. It's, it's become very, it's easy. We're still learning and growing. Yeah. Um, but I'll give you an example. So yeah. we did, we did, uh, my business partner did a, a workshop for leaders that were 55, between 55, 50 and 60. Okay. And they need help with millennial engagement. They don't know what to do with the millennials because there's a gap in how they communicate. They don't know what the heck's going on. Mm -hmm. So this person said, hey, this person of the, of the organization said, hey, Purpose Pioneers, you know how to do this. Come in, blow their minds. We know you can give them value. They, they need a solution. So we went in. About 95% of them were like, oh, whatever, this doesn't matter. What's my mission statement? I don't know. We made that years ago. This, those are the 50, 60, 50, 60 year old guys. And those are the people that are not ready, ready to embrace change. Okay. They're just like, man, we're just going to keep doing things just the good old way that we've been doing them. Uh -huh. So that's, that's what I mean. Now, the other leaders we work with, they come up to us. They're compelled by this message and they're like, I want this. 
I get it. They get it in some way, shape or form. They get the importance of it, but they don't have the tools to bring it to life. Right. So it's, it's too, it's very distinct. Like, and I can spot it like that. And that's, you can spot it like that, but that is, is that you, your, are those your blue eyes being able to spot that? Or do you have like a questionnaire for that? Hmm. That's a good question. Uh, we don't have a questionnaire built out. Um, it's just through conversation. I kind of have it built, you know, built right. in my head, but that could actually be really a really good tool to have that kind of vetting system uh, built out. It makes it more sure. objective, I guess. Totally. And, and, yeah. For the perception that it, it could be more objective. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. That's, that's a great, I'm going to, I'm going to think about that more okay, and, sure. and take, get all take, my thoughts take that, out. Thank take you. Take that along. <laughs> Thank of, you. Of course. No, you're welcome. Um, you also write about your, um, a purpose first framework purpose without purpose and meaning. I, I very much agree with that in, in life in general. If people don't have purpose and meaning where we wither away, we become like this. What is it? 1960, uh, monkey, you know, <laughs> that's, that's been taken away from its mom and being put to, to a doll that doesn't do anything. So that, that does, yep. we need purpose and, and, and meaning in life any, on any yeah. kind of level. So what is your purpose first framework? look like so the purpose first framework uh, first i want to point out a problem that we've seen in the purpose industries so you know consultants and coaches that come in and they teach mission vision values and mm -hmm. it's really great they do an awesome job yeah. and the company's amped up and they're excited and inspired but what usually happens it fizzles away yes. within a couple of weeks yeah. so that is part that is a huge piece of the problem that we solve there is a lack of system a lack of a process around purpose. So the biggest piece of the of the purpose first framework is systematizing purpose. How do we leaders have said, you know, I love this, I get it. Mm -hmm. They usually love Simon Sinek. Do you know Simon Sinek? Ah, uh, yes. Yeah, he starts from the circles, yeah. from this, from from the from the the, the, the core. Circles. Yes. Yeah. So yeah, most of our, you know, most of those people who love him are like, I love this, but what do I do with it? How do I infuse it into how we do business? Mm -hmm. So that is the that is our biggest edge is systematizing purpose, but it comes down to three pieces in the framework mm -hmm. and it all starts with how we communicate. So uh, I am involved with an organizational psychology group that has a really profound framework. It's essentially NLP, neuro-linguistic programming, mm -hmm. teaching us how to reprogram and rewire our brain to understand our defenses, our triggers, and create space for open conversation. Mm -hmm. And how, how do we tie that into the workplace? So we first, before we even get into purpose, we lay the foundation to be able to have a common language in between a company. Mm -hmm. I look at some companies that there's thousands of employees and I'm like, holy crap, do you know how many languages are being thrown around right now? They're prob there's probably so many miscommunications and lack of productivity because they're just not speaking the same language. Mm -hmm. So we lay the framework to be able to speak the same language and, and create space for conversation because purpose changes things. A lot of things come up and we're, we're revamping things and making things and more intentional and, and better and more meaningful. So that's the, that's the big piece. And then we go into diving into values and purpose and then mm -hmm. systematizing it. Isn't it, to what extent is it, is it just lack of commitment really? If people want to change well, they, and they say, yeah, I want to change. And then you say, okay, you're here. We can make it into that. Oh, that sounds great. That's what I'm saying to you. It sounds great. And then it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, everybody wants to die. No, everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Everybody wants to lose weight. Nobody wants to go to the gym or leave that other bowl of whatever. Isn't it just plainly lack of, of, of commitment from management? I wouldn't say so. Oh. Um, I'm sure that's a part of it, definitely. Yeah. But I think it's the lack of empowerment. And how I define empowerment is the action piece, the tools, the frameworks. So there are not, there are there are definitely frameworks around purpose within the workplace, but not that many. So a lot of leaders, like I said, they love it, they get it, 
but they hit that wall, which can be perceived as lack of commitment. It's because they don't know how. I mean, I think about so many times where I'm like, yes, I want this. And then it fizzles away because I'm like, well, I didn't know how to do it. Like, I, I lack that empowerment. So hmm. that's why we give the systems and processes around purpose to bring it to life and leaders. And then it, we see the light bulb. It's awesome. It just clicks. And they're like, oh, my God, I get it. I can align this with every single aspect of my business. And is that a, a, a step program that you follow? Uh, the Yeah, yeah. Is it, can, can you elaborate on that or is that corporate corporate secret? Uh, no, we can elaborate. Um, <laughs> no, we're, we're really open and transparent. Yeah. Um, so we have two branches of our company. We yeah. have our in-person trainings with medium-sized companies is where we're hanging out right now. Yeah. Um, and those are a variety of pain points that we can come in and we can solve. So we focus on, for the trainings, we do millennial engagement. We mm -hmm. do um, training and development, or not training and development, um, onboarding, the, the entire uh, hiring experience. Right, yeah. And then we do sales, which is actually a really interesting one. When we hear sales are down, we see it as an opportunity that purpose could help that. Right. How to infuse purpose into how you're communicating in your sales, how you're uniting the sales team, things like that. Right. So those are some of the things we do on the on the uh, training side. Yeah. And then the uh, other exciting part is our online program. Okay. So we have a, a three-month program. It's called Scale Your Purpose. And what that is, is it goes, it goes very, very deep into our framework, step-by-step step, how to unlock all of those three things I just talked about, you know, communicating values and purpose, systematizing. And that is for small business leaders. So we found that we have to start infusing purpose into the company early on, as early as we possibly can, because then we can scale and grow with our products and services, but we can scale our culture as well. They're growing together okay. because so many times leaders grow the company and then culture goes to crap, which yeah. I'm sure you've seen so many times. Yes, that's true. Yeah, it becomes from from an ad hocracy to a more techno te technocracy, uh, as Minsberg describes it. Uh, and yeah. then, and then it becomes hard to manage. Um, how how big? You say small, uh, small organization. How big is small, or how small is big? So there's two pieces to small. The first small is um, for anywhere between five and twenty five employees, okay. and okay. anywhere between five hundred thousand and two million in revenue. So that's the first piece of small. Yeah, and they are ready. They're they're in ramp up stage. And what we what I mean by that is. They have the systems and processes to grow and scale their products and services, uh -huh. but something's holding them back because the leader doesn't know how to keep that vision and that passion alive okay. as they're growing. So that's the first piece, and that's what our Scale Your Purpose uh, program, uh, that pain point that it solves. And then we go into the second tier of small business, which is anywhere from you know 25 to 100, or I'm sorry, 25 to 200 employees um, and upwards of 50 million in revenue. They're still small enough that, yeah. you know, we can create change, impactful change and work with the leader. Um, but they're big enough to have that that larger impact and keep growing and scaling. Okay. So if I, if I, um, I love to be devil's advocate on this podcast. I don't know why. <laughs> um, Please. No, it's just, you know, what are the, the biggest, the the three or the one the biggest one or three or number, X number of, of um, resistance uh, feelings you get from, from companies or from people rather in companies. What's the biggest resistance or fear? Yeah. Um, in, in regards to what? That's um, a big question. <laughs> will, will this, will this work? Will my investment pay off? Um, do you guys know what you're talking about? Uh, what if I fail? Uh, this, this, 
Yeah. So I'd say, um, so some of the fears, yeah. So one, some of the fears that we work with, with leaders that have become a parent is Mm -hmm. one, they look at other people and other companies for who they need to be. And that's the biggest thing that holds them back. And what we have to coach them through, people can't pick your purpose and you can't be copying other companies or you're, you're going to ultimately fail. Mm -hmm. Um, so that's the biggest fear is, you know, looking for others for who they need to be. Um, I would say the biggest fear is, how do I scale me as the leader? I built this baby. This is my baby. How do I trust people with my decisions? So when a leader is, is holding themselves back in that regard, they're, they're, they're holding back their company from growing and, and creating yeah. that impact. Yeah. Um, we have not encountered yet. Um, you know, do you guys know what you're talking about? Or, or um, what if this investment doesn't pay off? Um, we are really big in giving value first. Mm-hmm. So we have a lot of, yeah, yeah. We have a lot of touch points and we have a lot of experiences to show them mm-hmm. the transformation that this has done for other people. Mm-hmm. We use our community as a way to say, Hey, I mean, if you're not ready and you don't want to do it, that's fine. We're not here to convince you, but this is what it's done and this is what it can do for you. Right. So we leverage the other transformations that we were a part of with our framework to show others and, and kind of have that ripple effect. I think you're a heck of a salesperson. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. Um, you, did you just really quickly say that leaders or, or, or managers or leaders of a company or, or, or entrepreneurs, starters of a company should not look at other people like, I want to be like you? I want to be like I, that person? I highly recommend not doing that because what happens is they get so focused uh-huh. on what the other person is doing that they're forgetting what makes them unique and special as a leader and as a company. Right. There, there's a difference. You know, I admire and I look up to people and I look up to companies, yeah. but I never say I want to be them because that I'm never going to be them. I'm only going to be Alex and I'm only going to be the things that I create. And the best version so, of you. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. And I, and I, I, I can't reinforce that enough with leaders. Stop. I, I'm, like stop looking at what other people's are people are doing. Focus on you. Hmm. We can admire and we can learn, yeah. but you will never, you will physically never be anybody yeah. else. <laughs> Evidently, very much. So, so okay. yeah, it's about drawing that that line in between admiration and copying, essentially. Okay. Now, since you're such a great salesperson, um, <laughs> what are the? Give me the three biggest. Give me the biggest advantage. If if of of. If you're an organization, if you're a company and you have an organizational culture, and I'm not saying you necessarily need to be stuck, but if you want to look at what the purpose of your company, of the people in the organization is, what is the biggest advantage you can take take away from actually, you know, meaningfully do that? Wait, what do you, I'm sorry, can you what is uh, the, not understand if, the question? If, if I... Uh, if I go, if I do business with you guys, if I ask you, come, oh, on, come okay. and, and look at my organization, what is, and I, and you talk to me about purpose, what is the biggest takeaway that I can, and my people can take out of this? Mm, I would say, man, there's so many takeaways. Yeah. Um, so if someone were to do business with us and go through this program, the biggest thing I think is clarity and direction. Mm-hmm. And I'm not here to say that leaders don't have direction. They wake up at, you know, they wake up every day. They're fueled with, with passion and they're doing stuff. But what we've seen and what we've done for leaders is give them exactly where they want to go. And we give them the tools to get there because they say, I want to be that person in five years, but I don't know how the hell to get there. Mm -hmm. Well, we come in and we put this purpose lens on and it's like, once again, we see the light bulbs and it's complete transformation. They it's clarity. It's relief. 
Mm-hmm. And it's it's direction. And when a leader has clarity, relief, and direction, they are able to build a loyal tribe. They are able to build a culture where people do not want to leave. And they're able to remove themselves from the company and grow it beyond themselves. Mm-hmm. I know I've experienced the same thing. I'm like, how the hell am I going to grow my baby to be hundreds of employees because I'm so attached to it. But when I was able to infuse purpose and make it that objective truth is, is something we like to say, it becomes the objective truth in an organization. Mm-hmm. It removes me from it. And it's because people are operating from the same truth instead of what they believe to be true about the organization. Okay. That's the so focus. I, That's the focus you're yeah. creating. Is, yeah, that your, clear, is that your purpose with, with sorry, say that, repeat that again, please. I was repeating the, the three main takeaways, clarity, relief, and direction. Okay. Is that your purpose with purpose um, uh, with purpose pioneers as well? Your organization, you want to grow this into hundreds of people? Um, I'm not sure. I don't, I don't know. I've been uh, I'm really focused on right now in the short term, but it could get to that point. I mean, we we want to bring these trainings to as many companies as possible. We may have a lot of facilitators. Mm-hmm. We want to create a certified uh, training program for right. people to become purpose coaches. Yeah. So it may not be a hundred, you know, hundreds of employees, but it may be hundreds of people that are affiliated with our company. Exactly. Yeah. A tribe or a community. So I, I see it getting, it could get to that point for sure. All right. Cool. It sounds, sounds really cool. I've, I, I'm Thank my, you. Yeah, like I said, you're a, you're a heck of a salesperson, I think. No, but that, and not only that, but that what, what shines most through for me is your enthusiasm in terms of what you're doing. And I think that's contagious. And I think a lot, of people, a lot of people pick that up because enthusiasm is contagious. Um, yeah, that's what I think, at least. Um, Alex, we've been in this conversation for 35 minutes. I'm looking at the clock here. Uh, wow. And, um, yeah, it's the time. Time flies when you're. Time flies. Yeah, very much. Um, when you're having a good time, and and I, and I am having a good time. Nonetheless, most of the uh, recordings are about 30 minutes, so I I want to okay. uh, segue into the two last closing questions. One with the uh, with which I prepped you already. Can you give us from your experience, business experience, personal experience, either way, three tips to become more culturally competent? Yes, I was waiting for this incredible question because right. I. We, uh, I've actually Give been an incredible a lot answer then. Yes. So, you know, as the, you know, everyone listening, I'm, I'm big on purpose. And mm-hmm. I think a piece, a big piece of cultural competence is purpose. So the three keys that I found, which helped solve my pains and my challenges was one, mm-hmm. getting crystal clear on the values and the purpose of the company. And I know, you know, often leaders do this, but really get clear on what those guiding principles are in the company, what, what they mean to you, and then be able to to clearly articulate them to the team. Sometimes the biggest barrier is from the leader to the team. They they don't get those incredible thoughts out onto paper and uh-huh. on you know into the team that can unite them. Values and purpose will unite a team. So that's okay. number one. Number two, this one, I don't think you'll be expecting it, but repetition. So the biggest thing that I found, I talked about this stuff over and over and over again, and I still do every single day because this is what matters to me, and this is how I'm building successful companies. It, I have to put it through my filters over and over again. I have to talk about it with people like yourself from different perspectives so I can learn and grow because too often do the mission, vision, values, purpose, they get yeah. created and they get swept under the rug. That's it. People That's... don't talk, the leaders don't talk about it anymore. And it's, it's a shame that needs to be top of mind. That needs to be the number one tool in the tool belt. So that's number two, repetition. And uh-huh. then three is the systemization of purpose. So every single business process that you have in alignment with your purpose, 
have that purpose, those purpose and values top of mind. Is it intentional with where you want to take this company or are you just doing this just because this is just how things are done? So revamp, repurpose, that's a pun, repurpose your processes to reflect the deep rooted why in those values, because that will, you'll, you'll be in total alignment. Mm -hmm. And as you grow in scale, that you will be able to grow and scale your vision, purpose, and culture. It will never get lost. Excellent, excellent. I'm going to frame yeah. this. I'm going to frame this. Really good, <laughs> really good, really good, really good. Excellent. Um, last question, uh, Alex, is um, if people are interested and want to know more about what you do and get contagious by your enthusiasm as well, you know, infected by your enthusiasm, how can they reach you? So head to our website. It's our brand new uh, revamp of our website, website purposepioneers.com. Uh -huh. And then also, um, I, I, I'm big on Facebook. So please add me personally, Alex Agresta. I do a lot of live videos. So that will be the best way to, you know, get the energy, enthusiasm and learn about purpose driven topics. So That's those are the two best ways to, to get in touch with you. That is your personal uh, Facebook yeah. page. Yeah, yeah, I use it for business, so okay. I love uh, I love people adding me on there, and I, like I said, I do all of my live videos off my personal right now. So okay, excellent. All right, yeah. website purposepioneers.com and the Facebook uh, page as well, Alexandria Agresta. It's just Alex Agresta on Facebook. Alex Agresta on Facebook. Okay, yep. got that down. All right, that'll be in the show notes as well. Um, if you didn't get that while you're actually mowing the lawn or in the car and listening to this <laughs> podcast or, or you know, watching this uh, on the YouTube channel. Alex, it's been great talking to you. Thank you so much. It's going to be a wonderful dinner because I am stoked to start cooking dinner <laughs> with all purpose because it's 6.30 almost p.m. So you got me there. Yeah. Um, excellent. Thanks so much. And I'm pretty sure we'll talk to each other in the future. Thanks for having me on. This was a great conversation. I am totally energized and I'm excited to be around people like yourself. Likewise. Okay, take care then. You can see the video cast of this recording at culturematters.com slash YouTube. If you haven't subscribed to this podcast, please do so now. And while you're there, please also leave a review on iTunes. Five star, of course, would be most appreciated. All right, this episode was produced by Janice Sheila. The music was by Ben Sound. My name is Chris Smith. This was the Culture Matters Podcast, and I'll be back in two weeks' time. Talk to you then. Bye. That's it for this episode. Culture Matters, making you understand cultural diversity better by interviewing real people with real experiences. Your host, Chris Smith, has a plan. A plan for people who are looking for a solution.